Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Rural Insights podcast. And we would like to uh, welcome today uh, Bridget LaPointe, who is the CEO of the Keweenaw Bay Indian Community in the Upper Peninsula. And she has a she grew up in the UP and has a really interesting background. So before we get to what's going on at the Keweenaw Bay Indian Community, I want to ask uh, Bridget to tell us about her and growing up in the UP and how it influenced her values in her job. Yes, Anim Buju, much for having me here today. Um, I am Bridget LaPointe from the Cuyuna Bay Indian community. Um, I'm excited to be here today with you, David, and just kind of give you some insights into KBIC and um, how I got here. And um, yeah, I'm ready to get started. Well, great, great. So where did you grow up? I grew up here in Berga, um, right in, I grew up on the reservation um, with my mom. She was a single mom of five. Um, I have a twin sister, so we were side by side our entire lives. Um, but yeah, I grew up here in Berga, um, graduated from Berga High School in 2003, and then um, went on to college. I played college basketball at Finlandia University for four years and also received my associates from there. Um, from then on, do you want me to go on about my life a little bit? Sure, sure a little sure. bit. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> All right. And then from Finlandia, I went on to um, went on to Northern to complete my bachelor's degree. And as I was doing that, I was also hired as the assistant women's basketball coach for the women's team. So I did that from 2007 to 2010, um, got my bachelor's degree, and then kind of got out of college coaching. Um, basketball is near and dear to my heart. Um, but wanted to kind of spread my wings and <clears throat> get back out there working in the, in the real world, I guess. Um, that's when I went back to KBIC and I was our tribal employment rights officer for three years. Um, and then again, I got the itch to go back to school. So um, went back to Northern, got my uh, master's degree in exercise science. Um, at that point in my life, I was um, really passionate about exercise. I got my bachelor's degree in sports science. You know, it was my dream. I was going to own my own gym and run it and do my own thing. Um, and I just always had a passion for working in the health field, I guess. Um, so when you're a new grad out of grad school, I think you're just kind of going towards anything that kind of fits with what you're trying to do. And that's when I landed on, um, Upper Peninsula Health Plan and Dennis Smith, the, um, he used to be the CEO there. Um, and he was the one that hired me into UPHP there. Um, so I, I started working for UPHP as a marketing manager, got promoted pretty quick to direct, director of strategic initiatives, um, learned so much, so much about um, myself. Um, I learned so much about the professional world working there. Um, and just a, it was a great, great experience for me. Um, I felt like it was the perfect timing. Um, and with that knowledge and everything I learned, um, in a pretty quick time frame, I felt 
I felt like I was ready to take on a bigger role. And when this opened up with KBIC, um, I had to go for it. So um, that's that's how I got here. Um, that's the professional side of things. Um, but yeah, that's what how I got here. What did you do at UP Health Plan? What was your job at UP Health Plan? At UP Health Plan, um, I really, at first it was, I was the first corporate marketing manager that they ever had. So um, they had somewhat of an identity, um, but they were struggling with kind of their brand and that brand recall and the communities that they serve throughout the UP. Um, there was a lot of confusion with UP Health Plan and UP Health Systems. And I was tasked with kind of um, distinguishing that and making, making them a brand. Um, so that was myself and our communications manager at the time. That was our first task. And we tackled it. Um, we went through an entire total rebrand with UPHP, changed up their logo, um, gave them some standards to follow, um, created an entire communication system internally and externally. Um, and it just really, just, just really created some staples um, for the organization that weren't there before, before, I, um, before I took over. Um, um, going into the role as director of strategic initiatives, I was still overseeing marketing communications, um, the business development side of things, um, and also did a lot of legal advocacy things. Um, in Lansing, I would go down with our with our leadership and talk to legislators on different on different issues and topics that are concerning to the health plan. So I got my feet wet doing that, and just I think it was somewhere actually like thrived and really really enjoy talking to legislators and making those partnerships and connections. And, um, and it, yeah, another part of my job that I loved was being in the community and going to all the events and sponsoring things and um, making people feel good. So that was a big part of my job. What, uh, so you grow up, you go, you grow up in Barraga, you go to Barraga high school, you, you go to Fidlandia, you go to, you go to Northern, uh, uh, what, what, what about the values of growing up? You grew up on the reservation. Yeah. What, what values did you learn and how has it impacted what, who you are today? What, talk a little bit about those values that, that are instilled in you growing up in a community like you did. Right. Um, I was fortunate to grow up with instilled values in, in our family. Um, one being education is always important. Education is something that nobody can ever take away from you. Um, and I grew up and I, that was something my grandpa always used to say to me. And I, I listened to him and I, I really believe that. Um, and, you know, education isn't for everyone. I'm not saying everyone has to go to college and get a degree. I mean, there are other ways to um, put yourself out there in positions to be successful. But um, going back to how I grew up, I was surrounded by leaders. Honestly, I was surrounded by people doing good things for our community. And I watched it and I observed it and I took it in. Um, my my grandpa Lapointe, he Donald Lapointe, he he was an integral piece to what our tribe is today. He assisted in many different firsts for the community. Um, he was the he was um, the one who wrote the first grant to get the, our tribal health center here on the reservation. And we, KBIC was actually the first tribe in Michigan to have a comprehensive health center. So that mean, that means everything under one roof. So we had medical and dental. Um, and now we've expanded to a pharmacy. We have behavior health. We have WIC services. We have community health. We have um, tons of grants just going in and out of there, supporting programs. So um, he was very, very integral in that in that aspect of the tribe. 
Um, he's also served as president of our tribal council for many years and CEO in, in the same position that I'm in today. Secretary, um, so what, what, what is the key value you think? What is, is it public service to your community? Is absolutely. It, it's, it's something that we're not seeing a lot of today and it is that public service to your community and doing, doing what's right for your community because, and not looking, not looking to receive anything from it. You know what I mean? We're just, you just do it because that's what you're taught to do. Um, and it's not, it's not always give me, give me, give me back. It's um, what can I do for you? What can I give back to you? So that's what really um, was instilled volunteerism, um, joining different, different groups to help out in the community, different boards in the communities, um, all, all important pieces that I was always taught. Um, and then I also have um, my, on my, paternal side, my grandma Tolanin, Myrtle Tolanin, she was the first woman to, of KBIC to ever lead a KBIC tribal council. She was our, so she was the first tribal chairwoman to do this. So another, another leader to look up to in my life. Um, she was definitely the the warrior in our family. And she just, she, a, a value that she taught was just toughness and strength and stand up for what you believe in. Cause she was pretty feisty. I'll tell you that. That's all I hear from people. She was pretty feisty. So um, something I'm, I'm trying to learn to take away from her. <laughs> did you did you did you know her? Were, were you did she? You got. Oh to yeah, spend time I got to spend some time with her. Um, yeah, we always she always took my sister and I in whenever she could, and um, be around her other family. And um, she was big on Christmases, so we were always we always had a family Christmas with her, and she would lead that and just you know take everyone one by one and to say how much she loves us. And it was, just, oh, it was great. they're great. Mem- it's great memories. Yeah. That's great. So, so that, you know, that's, that's that uh, rural voices thing that we're so interested in and yours is fascinating. Tell us, tell us about the Keweenaw Bay Indian community. Now, what, what is, what's the really strategically important two, three, four, five issues. What is it that yeah, um, you know, you're really focused on? Yeah, I think right now, um, one, just navigating through this pandemic, um, well, hopefully the end is in sight. That's what we hope. Um, but that's what we're trying to do is navigate through that pandemic right now, um, navigate through um, all the relief funding that we got and how to strategically manage that in a smart way um, to benefit our community as a whole. Um, so what can that's just looking at different projects that we can what can we do to benefit our health programs, our education programs, our housing, our youth and our elders, our environment? Um, so I think the top top three priorities on my end of things, um, definitely the health of our community. What kind of services can we offer? What more can we do for our community? Um, um, education and offering vocational services and the other, the other programs outside of schooling. Um, because we need to address our unemployment rate and getting people to come back here and work on the reservation because it's it's tough to do. I mean, when there's just low paying jobs out there and not you don't really have any skills, you don't have really anything to look forward to. And um, it can be frustrating for someone. So if we can offer different programs outside, outside of just saying, hey, you have to go to college and get a four year degree. Um, I think that'd be beneficial to a lot of people in our community. Um, and then our youth and our elders are going to put together in one. We have to do something for our youth and um, 
I'm not sure if it's the juniors we have to get on right now in high school or it's the eighth graders, but we need them to look forward to something after high school and when they get to that point when they're going to be on their own. Um, so I'm trying to really ramp up our youth programs and our services and what we offer there. Um, and then our elders too, through this pandemic and the isolation that it caused and, the, and, and for the youth too, and the mental health issues. Those are things that all have to be addressed. And I'm working diligently with our directors. Um, I know it's nothing's going to change in one day or one year, but um, I think we all have a vision of where we want our departments and what, we, what services we want to offer. And if we can just keep that focus, um, I, think, I think we'll be okay. How many, uh, how many members are there at the KBIC? Um, just about just 3,500 members. Okay. And how many yeah. on the reservation? Oh, I'm going to say about 1,200 live on the reservation. Okay. So yeah. if somebody wanted to come back to get a job on the reservation, they could today. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So there are jobs. And, and what, what is, we ask this of all leaders, corporate leaders, CEOs like yourself and elected people, what's your vaccination rate, do you think, COVID vaccination rate? Is it, is it where you want it to be, of, of, especially well, on, the reservation, on the reservation? I am not sure of the exact numbers on the reservation. I do know our government numbers. <laughs> um, we are at 65% as a government. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been rising. We do have a vaccine incentive program, and that's for all, all employees, all members of KBIC. So it doesn't matter if you live on the reservation or not. We are offering incentive of $1,000 to get your vaccine. So if you can provide that proof of vaccination, um, you'll, get a, you'll get some nice cash in the mail. So what, what, uh, uh, what is the, the challenge on education? Do you have a good a good graduate high school graduation rate? Is it need for vocational, yeah. what I call vocational education is a better word for it these days, but what is the biggest educational challenge for your members? Yeah, the biggest yeah. educational challenge, because we provide great, we provide great educational programs right now. Um, I mean, for kids getting on the honor roll or having perfect attendance in high school, we have incentives for that. We have, um, some money through the Bureau of Indian Affairs to offer them for books and computers when they're in college. Um, and then also we work with the Michigan Indian Tuition Waiver and try to uh, navigate that paperwork process for you as well. Um, and then we're rolling out some really great programs for um, graduates of master's programs and other professional degrees. So there's incentives there if you graduate. And then we just rolled out a, um, it's kind of like a loan payback system where say you're going to be um, a lawyer and you're going to law school, we'll pay that for you. If you sign this, we'll develop a contract for you, you're gonna come back and work for the tribe. So we're doing some kind of um, retention program like that right now too. But the How biggest, long would they have to work for, for the tribe? Um, I think we have in there at least two to three years. Okay, um, so for each year you're basically working a year, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, um, we're working on that deal. though. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> it is. That's a tuition uh, paid. Right. Uh, but to get back to what the issue is, I think um, a lot of it is kids just don't, kids don't see a college as a, as a thing because they never grew up around um, a parent that maybe went to college or took school mm -hmm. as a priority or that didn't have that structure for education. So they don't see it as a priority. Um, and so we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of that. So we do need workforce development. We do need um, more vocational options and, um, just alternatives to those to that option. 
Well, you know, I could I could relate to the issue of having someone around you like you to help tell me why to go to college. I, I'm a first uh, generation college graduate. And when I got out of high school, I didn't, I didn't have anybody in my family to tell me about why go to college, how to go to college. How right. to I, I went in the military because I, I couldn't figure out the rest and the military welcomed me during those days. <laughs> then I got my college degree, but I understand that kind of mentoring program that's so crucial today. So you do that with, with high school and junior high students as sort of a mentoring process to, so right. they can understand afterwards you could you can get a trade degree, you can get a, a other kinds of degrees, professional degrees, that kind of mentoring and how to do it and how to get to college. Yes, we do have, um, we have a workforce development coordinator who provides that kind of um, service. Um, we also have tutors in the schools, um, in Lawrence and Berger schools. We have high school and elementary tutors and they're there for the students um, to, you know, help navigate those kind of options and or, or point them in the right direction to someone who does know how to do that. So um, we have all the resources there, honestly. It's just, it's a struggle. <laughs> Yeah, it's very hard, but you sound like you have a strategic plan to get at it. Absolutely. It, that it's not like you, what I talked about, it seems you're way ahead of where other communities are trying to figure this out around there because it is a complex, difficult Yes, we're trying problem. to get there. <laughs> and you add in poverty and you add in other issues. Uh, so what, what, uh, what would you say is the, the one challenge that you worry about, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, what's the one challenge besides COVID and besides yeah. everybody's healthy? What, what, what a challenge as CEO do you worry about? Challenge outside of like thinking of all the administrative things you have to take care of. Um, <laughs> it's just really, it's just addressing, I guess the, there's so many, there are so many toxic pathologies that go into our Indian reservation and um, I'll be transparent. You know, we have our intergenerational trauma that just still affects people today, kids today in elementary school and babies, it's going to affect us until we do something actually about it. Um, poverty. Um, like I talked about unemployment, domestic violence, sexual assault that happens. And of course, alcohol and drug addiction. Um, I think the drug addiction is, is something that does keep me up at night. And um, it is one of my priorities to revive our drug task force and um, get community involvement and um, just really, really attack that head on because it, it, it affects more than just the person and their family. It affects our entire community. Um, it, it, it leads, go on. Uh, and the future of the community. I mean, exactly. every, every community around the United States. I mean, everybody, yes. addiction and mental health are just huge. Yes. It's no matter where you turn, and both in high economic families and communities and challenged economic. Well, let me, I ask every CEO I talk to this question do, do you have your own little sort of personal board of advisors, mentors, a group that you turn to? You, oh yeah, probably who it is. But you you have a group that when you yeah, think through, you go, hey, I I gotta I gotta get some sound back here. People I trust. You've got that, right? Do you have oh that? yeah, I, that's another thing I've always been taught is just surround yourself. Surround yourself with like-minded people. People that you know are going to bring you up, 
And if you're, and they'll tell you this, tell you, tell you, tell you off. You know what I mean? Those people that are just real with you and um, they want you to be successful and you, they'll tell you the right thing. So I do have that group of people around me. um, And I think it's a small group, but you know what, that's what you need to to stay focused. But it's one you trust. It's one you. you... Oh yeah. Lots of trust within that circle. Oh, that's (laughs) great. Well, we've been, we've been talking with uh, NMU alumnus, uh, uh, Ms. LaPointe, who uh, I'm proud to say we're fellow alums, and, uh, and uh, she's the CEO of Keweenaw Bay Indian Community, as you've just heard, and, and you can see why that community is very fortunate to have a CEO like her and why the UP is, uh, is fortunate that she is serving this, in this role. So thank you. Thank you very much. This has been really informative, and I hope you'll let us come back in a few months and hear what else is going on. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, David. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. And everyone, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast, brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.